0: time to play with pain where sports and inaccuracy collide now here's your host veteran sportscaster and the voice of the international speed fishing championships jet waterhouse oh brother hello again everybody welcome to the podcast my guest today actor writer podcaster, host of the Cliff Dorfman podcast, Cliff Dorfman. We'll be talking to Cliff in just a second. First, let me thank my new podcast hosts, StarburnsAudio.com. Just Google us. Never worry about laughing again. Man, oh man, oh man. What a show. Advice Corner, Fiery Four, even got a pop quiz coming up. Hey, good one. And as always, before we get to my guest, Cliff Dorfman, Time for the Waterhouse Update, brought to you by Carnivorios, the chocolate cookie with the white meat center baseball gonna start next month which means the Astros have successfully avoided a half season of robust booing sign outside Fenway Park cheating is my vaccine golf skins match for charity Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning beat Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady D.A. Wybring and Rex Grossman finished a distant third sign outside the country club a smattering of applause is my vaccine that wrap up Brought to you by the Elon Musketeers. If you're going to follow crazy, shoot high. NBA. Coming back in two spots. Disney World and Las Vegas. A minivan or the Aerosmith tour bus. You decide. Sign outside the Vegas arena. Not getting whistled for traveling is my vaccine. TV. After the success of the 10-part Michael Jordan doc, The Last Dance, ESPN is planning a nine-part doc on Tom Brady. Also, let me do this one again. Sorry, too much in the throat. throat. TV. After the success of the 10-part Michael Jordan doc, The Last Dance, ESPN is planning a nine-part doc on Tom Brady. Also in the works, an eight-part doc on Ty Babylonia, seven-parter on Randy Gardner, and a six-parter on Cornhole. Wow, that's thinned out fast. That item sponsored by H2O, the water with a prize in every bottle. NFL is planning on full stadiums. Asked how they're going to do it A spokesman said one word Crop dusters Ultimate fighting Dana White said UFC 253 Will be held in the basket of a hot air balloon Over Albuquerque NASCAR Brad Keselowski Wins the Coca-Cola 600 By skipping a pit stop for hand sanitizer Sign outside the track Blown carburetors Are my vaccine And finally this week in sports history the year 1935, the place Ann Arbor, Michigan. Jesse Owens of Ohio State equals or breaks four world records in just 45 minutes at the Big Ten meet. To give you some context, it took me 67 minutes to write this update. This Waterhouse Update brought to you by Ice Cream Scones. Get the drier, thicker cone you've always wanted with Ice Cream Scones. Now, finally, it's talk time. My guest today, you know his writing from the great HBO series Entourage and from movies like Warrior. He's a renaissance man. And uh, I spelled renaissance on my own. I didn't Google that crap. He hosts his own podcast right here on Starburns Audio. Cliff Dorfman, Cliff, how are you today?
1: Uh, it is great, great to be here, Chad. I'm doing wonderful.
0: How are you? Uh, you know, I'm pretty good. Uh, this is me at about 40%. Now, let's <laughs> dive right in. We're going to talk a little sports, then we'll talk about your career, then we'll get back to sports. Uh, you grew up in New York, is that right?
1: That's correct, Long Island.
0: Now, uh, how are your teams? How do you pair them up? Because most people uh, think Mets, Jets, and Yankees, Giants, but then there's crossover, there's heavy crossover. It could be trouble. Who are your pro
1: teams? Well, I mean, it's always Yankees, Giants, Mets, Jets. I mean, it's like losers and, and winners. So you're either gonna take the long road and never get a championship, or you're gonna take the high road and you're gonna keep winning. Uh, Giants, not so much, but more so than the Jets, right? Uh, so personally, I, I fucking hate the Yankees. They, they're just too uh, financed. So I go Mets, Jets.
0: Yeah, they're they're they they have uh, they're kind of Wall Street. That's why it is. Uh... Entertaining though when the Yankees uh, uh, get great and then they got all the big money, and then guys like Scott Brocious come through for them in a the pinch. That always makes me kind of laugh. So, okay, so you're Mets Jets maybe, or you might even cross the Giants. Who knows? Well, no, I'm
1: Mets and I, I have the like, what is it, the 86 series to hold on to?
0: Yes, <laughs> that's and what I'm clinging to that. Uh, uh like a uh like a life raft right exactly now, late in innings <laughs> that's correct that's late a tough innings. one
1: it really is so i i abandoned the jets completely early on like right after namath and i i went immediately i i flipped to the 49ers and then i
0: decided i settled very happily on the saints Oh, nice. So you have broadened your horizons. I'm a huge advocate of this. Uh, You don't, uh, you're not necessarily pinned anymore to your geographic region of origin uh, for a ball club. If you like the looks of a team or you like their spirit, uh, I like that. I like uh, glomming onto that New Orleans thing. Plus, say you get down there for a home game or two and this whole thing clears up, uh, there's some fine food there. Now, I like to guess uh, what, uh, what type of athlete my, um, my guests, uh, were or are, and you're a wiry dude, you're kind of spindly. You have a a willowy, uh, quality to you. I'm going to say you may have wrestled in high school at a lower weight and then golfed later in high school when you realized exactly how brutal wrestling was, how close am I? You're close with the wrestling, uh, golf. I wish I could play. I fucking
1: oh, can we hear us on here? I don't know, Chet. You sure? Why that. not?
0: It's, All right, uh, I fucking suck.
1: Starburns, anything goes. <laughs> yeah, I suck at golf, so I went wrestling, and then I did the white man, uh, Jew sport lacrosse.
0: Oh, well, lacrosse is hard. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, lacrosse is like hockey without skates and uh, even more hitting. Uh, but you know what? I, I loved it. I broke my ribs a couple of times, and I realized I'm just, eh. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I like you know,
0: uh, it's an interesting uh, turn of phrase you did there. I love it. I broke my ribs a couple of times. Wait, You know, in editing, if you want, I can split those apart because. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were probably meant to be together. To a rough
0: <laughs> That's a true lacrosse player there.
1: <laughs> well, I learned a big lesson. I, I had a coach Schneider. His name was coach Schneider. And he said, uh, I, there was this guy, uh, he started a fight with was like Memphis, uh, Memfum Calhoun, uh, no, Memphum Kennedy. I went to Kennedy. He went to Memphum. It was a rivalry, like, you know, district rivalry.
0: Sure. And
1: this guy, we got into a fight and I throw up. I'm like, what the fuck? And I, I throw my stick down and I run at him. I was an attack and he was a defenseman and I start running at him with my arms up. Like I'm going to punch him. He just takes his stick. Flips it around, whacks me in the ribs with the shaft, and I just like go down. I'm like my ribs. <laughs> I didn't even get a oh, shot in. Man. Coach Snyder is like, if you're gonna fight a guy with a stick, don't drop your fucking stick.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you a tip of the cap to Coach Snyder on that one. Uh, <laughs> that Coach Snyder advice brought to you by Ragtops, the laid-back open-air armored car company. Hide in plain sight with Ragtops and turtlenecks. Cut your turtleneck depth in half the fashionable way with turtlenecks. That's some good advice because that's a brutal sport. You got to get that little ball inside the net at the end of your stick and then run around like a maniac. And that net, it's not, it's not like bouncy. It's like a dead net. And then somehow you got to fling the ball out of that. How'd you even learn that? I
1: learned it in lieu of having to fight Peter Fields. I was like, you know what? I don't want to fight this guy. So I'm going to go to the park. And then there were guys at Julian Lane. They're like, you should play lacrosse. Here's a stick. And I'm like, here's your cradle. I'm like, great, I'm going to stay here all day instead of going to meet that guy to fight. So you learned it at the
0: park. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I'm telling you, uh, <laughs> I, I, I learned how to set off uh, firecrackers in toilets at the park. That's all I learned at the park. You had a slightly uh, more higher echelon park, I think.
1: Oh, no, the park doubled for, for many, many things. I learned a lot of things at that park, Chet. What,
0: what was the name of that park? <laughs> it was Julian Lane Park and there was Town Park. Julian Lane Park. And then he went to Ton Park when he had to score some decent weed. Exactly. <laughs> you knew. So, so did you play in college? You play a uh, uh,
1: lacrosse? No, no, no. I didn't even make it. I made it like six months to college and I was out.
0: out. Oh, really? Oh, you yeah. You said out. I'm going another direction. What made you say, uh, that's it? I got I, I gotta try something else. Well, originally it was the
1: army. I was gonna be a ranger and I was R O T C and uh I went to um to join and uh, I was uh, eligible, not enlisted. I I was uh, lied to by my recruiter, Thought I was gonna be a ranger, did all my research, scored high in the test Then I was out. They were like, oh yeah, you're just gonna go infantry, right? When I was at Fort Hamilton for my uh, my, uh, physical, they just lied and they're like, no, you have to request airborne and infantry after you're enlisted. I'm like, fuck that. I'm like, you're lying to me, I'm out. And the guy's like, you can't do that. I'm like, you lied to me. So that changed my whole life. I went to college instead. Six months, I was like, ah, this isn't for me. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to be an artist. I can already play piano. I can already sing. I think I can act. I'm going to try this thing. Where'd you go to college? Uh, <laughs> University of Tampa.
0: Oh, wow. Yes. that's, that's uh, Are amazing. they even accredited anymore? Wow. <laughs> uh, what was the nickname of the University of Tampa? That one eludes me. I know. I normally know most nicknames. I'll take a shot. The Stingrays. I feel like it was the... <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that does sound right but i kind of want to say the bulldogs but that could just be from modern family i made it there six months chet i lived at howell hall that's the most
0: i could tell you <laughs> at six months who the heck even remembers the mascot at that point <laughs> not that's like you right. had time to, to get to a game you were busy unpacking and then packing again that's only <laughs> you had to get out of there so now did you go back to new york to start the artsy fartsy stuff or did you, did you come straight to l.a well, no,
1: I, I went back to, uh, New York and then I went to LA and, uh, that's where trouble started. And then I went back to New York and then ultimately I made it back to LA. That's all right. It, well, it, you it can't, uh, you
0: can't skip over, uh, <laughs> you're not a uh, paragraph that baby, not putting that in parentheses. That's where trouble started. And then I moved back. Nah, nah, what was the trouble? What happened?
1: I mean, this is a story, man. I've, I've never, ever in my life told this story out loud to anyone, but family.
0: Well, you Uh, know, uh, uh, you got you got a minute. Probably your family is the only ones who are listening, so (laughs) it's almost the same.
1: All right, you asked for it, though. All right, so I didn't know what to do. I was like, I have to get out. This is eighty-seven now. I have to get to LA. I'm nineteen years old. I know I want to be an artist, and I worked a little in clubs in New York, like doing like half-ass promoting. So I did a, I was like a third-level promoter for a party at the Michael Todd Room at the Palladium. I don't know if you guys remember this club. It was uh, in Manhattan on, I think, like 14th Street, somewhere around there. It was the old concert venue. And Steve Rebell owned Studio 54 with Ian Schrager owned this. This was their new venture. So I'd had some dealings with Steve Rebell. And being uh, an actor, I was like, all right, I know how to imitate this guy. Great. So I find out the biggest club in L.A. when I get there. I'm like staying on a friend's couch. And I'm like, oh, it's Vertigo. This is 87 when L.A. was downtown. That's when all the clubs right. were happening and nothing
0: was. Oh, yeah, house. I was I was down there
1: partying. Yeah, it was like Wall Street. Da, da, da. So I find out this big club vertigo and uh, these guys who own it, Nick and Jim Colachis. And I'm like, okay, that's where I have to work. So I pick up the phone. I get the number in this back. You know, there's no Internet. <laughs> there's no way to check shit. No, nope. I just dial the number. And I'm like, hi, can I speak to Nick or Jim Colachis, please? This is Steve Rebell. Oh. And, uh, uh, hold, hold on a second, Mr. Rebell. And then my friends in the background, like, you're fucking nuts. I'm like, shut the fuck up. So I hear both of them pop on the phone. They're twins, by the way. By the way, the best guys in the world. I ended up working for them later. They know all about this now. So at the time, they pick up the phone, both of them at the same time, like, Mr. Abel, oh my God, uh, we fashioned our whole club after you. The entire door here was based after what you did in New York. And I'm like, oh, that's wonderful, gentlemen. Listen, my nephew, Cliff Dorfman, is in Los Angeles. And I, listen, I'm not saying give him a job, I'm saying meet with him as a favor for me. That's all. And he's like, I don't know if you remember, but we met you at Lola's in New York. I'm like, no. Like you were wearing a yellow sweater. I'm like, I don't remember. But if you could do it, great. If not, no worries. Gentlemen, call me anytime. Here's his number. And I gave him like the number where I was staying. And uh, thank you guys. Bye. Click. Five minutes, I get a phone call from the Colacheses. Within uh, two hours, I'm like spending all the money I have on a nice suit. The next day, I go downtown and I'm hired as assistant to the general manager. Now, that's where the shit just starts popping off. I'm 19 years old. Shouldn't even be in the club, chat.
0: Right. Yeah, that's illegal in <laughs> well, most states.
1: Well, <laughs> as long as I'm not drinking, but it's not legal. Uh, meanwhile, I'm assistant to the GM, and uh, the GM at the time, and mind you, I'm not assistant GM. I'm assistant too. And the GM at the time was like in his office, and I think he had taken like a couple of quaaludes, and he was naked. And I just popped my head in, and I'm like, yo, Scott, I'm like, what are you doing about the Halloween party? I'm like, what's the budget on that? He's like, it's like uh, 15 grand. I'm like, are you okay? He's like, I took some loot. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to go talk to Nick and Jim about this. So I popped my head. I had this idea. I'm like, yo, can I run with the Halloween party? I go, Scott's busy. I go, I got a production designer who could help me. So I hire a production designer for my friend's mom. I set up this whole thing on the roof like a graveyard. Next thing you know, I'm now, like it goes off. I do it for like five grand. They make 30 that night just on the door. And they're like, all right, you're now the assistant general manager. Before that happens, uh, next thing you know, I'm now managing the bistro. But mind you, Chet, I'm lying to everybody. Everyone thinks I'm fucking like 24. No one asked me for any like, you know, paperwork. I don't even remember filling it out. I just started getting paid. Yeah, that's Hollywood
0: though. You don't need paperwork out here.
1: Yeah. And they also, you know, these guys did, they had a calendar. This is uh, The girls of USC, the looking good calendar. This was a huge calendar. Do you remember this? I don't. That was the Kalachis' brother's calendar. They were geniuses, these guys. And uh, they were making a fortune off that. So we would go. This was an excuse to go during the day, I guess, to scout. I'm doing air quotes. Uh, girls for the looking good calendar. And it was a real thing. It was a real right. thing. And they sure. would bring them down to the club. It, it sure it was.
0: Just Out like- of all of this, that's the one thing you're- that wasn't a lie. Is that that calendar was uh, good? It came
1: out every year with new girls from USC. It was a
0: real big deal.
1: I th- that was the time, I guess, people still posted calendars. They don't do that anymore, do they, Chet?
0: No, they don't. Uh, they, you know, the calendar went away, and uh, they flew their ragtops on their BMWs at half mast <laughs> in morning. <laughs> so, so you get you're like a, this crazy guy who moves up, and then it kind of blows up in your face. And yet, I'm going to tell you right now. That had to be unbelievable training for when you jump on Entourage as a writer. I know we're skipping over some stuff, but that's the kind of amazing fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants life that I think Entourage really represented. How'd you find your way to that show? You were acting, I know, and then at some point you said, eh. I'm going to set that on the, on the shelf for a little while and start writing. And boom, you snuck in with the entourage guys. And I think all of that experience just came to the fore. It, it did. You know, I was uh,
1: fortunate enough to have grown up with Doug Ellen uh, since kindergarten. We're at the same temple. We know each other since we're children. Um, so we were already working together. We came out here together. You know, I uh, stayed on his couch uh, for a while when I was out here the second time after the and first time. That's
0: half. when he was just, I think he was a uh, uh, assistant to Mark Wahlberg. Was that it? No, no, no. He, he never worked for Mark. He was actually
1: uh, uh, represented by the uh, genius of it all. Steve Levinson. He's oh. Lev, Lev's the guy, you know, Lev's the guy behind the guy. He's the guy.
0: Hey, let me and, just say, uh, now that we got all the, the Jewish guys in the room together, <laughs> this portion of the broadcast is brought to you by Miserati, the Jewish sports car. Okay, go ahead.
1: I'm sorry, that was very funny. Um, so yeah, so Lev was uh, he he was the one who started managing Mark when Mark no one was taking Mark seriously. They were still calling. I won't even say it on the air, you know. Right, right. I don't know, no, I don't.
0: Name. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, I don't want Mark to kill me. But that being said, you know, everyone did not take Mark seriously except Lev and uh, his agent at the time, Patrick. And Lev just saw an opening because he's a fucking genius, started managing Mark. And next thing you know, Mark's in fear and Lev's like at the movie theaters at fear, like checking it out. So he's managing Wahlberg. He decides to manage Doug off of some stuff Doug had done. And uh, Doug wrote a spec for for Curb Your Enthusiasm, which Lev loved. And Lev and Mark had the idea to come up, you know, they came up with Entourage. It was uh, Lev's actual, like, E!, there was right. an Eric, you know, Eric Weinstein. I think his name is a really nice guy. He was like his de facto manager under, you know, Lev. So he had had the idea to film the documentary. And Lev's like, no, no, it's not a documentary. It's a series. And he brought Doug in. He's like, Doug, you're going to write it. And he brought Doug to HBO with Mark and they sold it in the room with Ari and, uh, next thing, you know, and then Doug spent two years, uh, working the pilot and I worked it with him. And, uh, next thing, you know, the pilot got picked up and then it's up for eight and then there's nominations.
0: Boy, that's impressive, and, and I'm telling you, uh, that's the kind of life that I think that show was tremendous at portraying. Now they packaged it all, and uh, you got the hot lead actor guy, and then his his entourage of crazies. But it's it's the kind, you know, you got to be able to to uh, do an impression on the phone, look somebody right in the eye, and pretend to be somebody else. That's kind of uh, the 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 roots that sunk deep and made that show, I think, really click.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, true stories in there from the mushrooms to the um, to the saget, uh whorehouse uh, <laughs> the hooker uh, incident. There's a lot of truth in those
0: episodes. And that truth brought to you by ad nauseum, the tummy medicine that really works if you keep taking it and taking it. And taking it. What is the Cliff Dorfman Passion Project? What do you what, what do you got on that back burner that you're dying to, to figure out a way to sell and and make? Oh no, it's not, it's not on the back burner. I was Front literally burner.
1: getting ready to go uh, direct this movie that I had written called Threads, which is an entire one-take film right before COVID hit. So we're we're putting it now re-together. We're re-putting it together for September if people will be allowed to shoot then Michael Bay, will. but will anybody else? We're trying to figure it out. Yeah, now. right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. The heavyweights are going to have a little easier time of it, but, yes. uh, uh, if I may, here's what I would do is just, uh, 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 Lysol baths. I'd try that just like, <laughs> you know, those uh, outdoor showers you used to sh- see in the show mash, just set up one of those wherever you're on location, fam. Lysol comes right out. They're clean. You gotta get, you gotta be quick. You got to shoot it in about eight. No, no third takes one I take. If screw they like screwed something. up second take, boom, that's it. Move on. And then back to the Lysol bath. Lysol bath
1: brought to you. That's by my thought bath. process. <laughs> I don't mind it by the way. I'd be <laughs> yeah, into a Lysol <laughs> bath.
0: <laughs> all right, listen, <laughs> yes. I got a bonafide big time writer with me. Uh, Entourage warrior, all these great movies, which is a mixed martial arts movie. Incidentally, if you haven't seen it, it's fantastic time for advice corner. Five questions about your work, Cliff Dorfman, actual takeaway from Cliff Dorfman. I'm just going to throw these questions out uh, uh, see if we can't give, uh, some folks out there an answer. Hey, in case there's a, a kid out there who's, who's picking up the phone right now, uh, thinking I have to pretend to impersonate a uh, famous nightclub owner to get work. Maybe this will change the run. Uh, okay. Question number one, you're blocked on a script writing. How do you get the juices flowing again? How does Cliff Dorfman bust through and get those juices flowing? Uh, with money, or without money. Either. Okay. So
1: without money, you got, I call it asphalt surfing. You get in the car, however much gas you can afford. And you just fucking drive. Because what happens is no phone, you leave your phone, you turn it off, just music, whatever you listen to. And you just drive because you think through all your thoughts. And at a certain point, all your thoughts are thought through and you're just Zen. And that's where the ideas open up. With money, what I do is I get a really nice hotel suite and I lock myself in it and I deprive myself of any room service, any spa stuff, any pool stuff, and I have to eat the food I brought with me in the suite until I'm done writing. And when I'm done, I get to go treat myself at the grounds. That's post
0: money. Wow. So that that's impressive. That's too. I would probably choose uh, number one just because I I have a hunch it would take me all the way to Barstow to get something happening. Question number two, quick tip for an all night pick me up. I know you've been in writer's rooms where someone comes in at 10 PM and says, all right, page one, rewrite. Let's do this. What do you think? So what do you go to at the craft service tables or what do you order? What's, what's the thing for you that says, I got, I got to have something to get me through these five hours.
1: Okay. So for me, I learned, you got to bring it with you, but it's it's oxygen. You bring your own oxygen with you, like 100% medical-grade oxygen, and you can get little tanks of it, and you just take a couple of hits. Completely legal, you're up for 10 hours. Wow. Firing yeah, on man. all cylinders. Coffee does not do it. Red Bull is the worst for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, truly, the, the only thing I found that's clean is, is oxygen, and your doctor can prescribe it. As long as you have health insurance, it's very easy, and you can get oxygen that's not 100% pure without a doctor's prescription. Just saying, if you're in a writer's
0: room, you're already in a place where you can get some oxygen. Wow, a little Dennis Hopper from Blue if There, best way to tell an actor his idea is not great. A famous an actor that you want to work with? Probably a famous actor who's who's in your ear, either about his own project or you're already working with him. You know on a show or a project and they keep coming to you going, Hey, the script could use this or the script could use that, that kind of thing. How, how do you kind of, w- without hurting their feelings, how do you cool the jets of a, of a, of an actor?
1: Yeah. You don't, you don't ever tell, uh, an actor's influence is everything, you know, it's a famous actor. It's, it's they're coming first. They're one on the call sheet for a reason. You don't ever tell them their ideas suck or are bad. You work their ideas in and you give them their take. That's exactly what you do, it, it, especially now. You're not even shooting film, you're shooting video. I mean, give them their take, right. t- work it in, say, all right, you know what? I reworked this for you. We're going to do it both ways. And then you're in the editing room alone.
0: Yeah, that's true. Plus, uh, plus you give the guy a shot at, or the, the you know, the actor, a man or woman, a shot at, at seeing the idea fleshed out. And then uh, I bet you half the time they probably look at it and go, eh, you're right. That didn't yeah, work. they don't even miss it. You know, they don't like it. It's, you know, you get to own it. Oh, it's the writer's fault. Yeah, of course it's my fault. Right, exactly. Get that ass cheek out of the chopping block. Question number four, favorite perk of having a successful TV show? What was the favorite? Could be a little thing, could be a huge thing. What was your favorite perk of of being on staff of a super successful and hot television show? Uh, Without hesitation, two words, free shit. Free shit? Yeah, Yeah,
1: that'll do it. Everything free, computers, razors. I mean, you name it. If there was something that we wanted to, and people would send us stuff just for the hope we might think about putting it in the
0: show. Yeah, wow. See, that's the way I treat the uh, cookie tray in the press box. And finally, <laughs> your tip for dealing with network notes. You know the suits are coming. You know they've got notes. You know there's there's already things in the show that you're probably going to want to protect. How do you deal with the network notes?
1: Uh, I deal with network notes and I would say this is the best way, the same way you deal with an actor's notes in the way that they're always right. You got to tell them all they want to do is pee on it at the end of the day. There's certain things you have to subscribe to and there's certain mandates that are maybe going to come from advertisers. HBO didn't have that because of subscribers, but in the, in the broader bigger picture, it's, oh my God, that's, that's genius. I never really thought of it that way. You know what? Let me, let me work on implementing that and I'm going to get back to you with like a couple of different versions. And then you give them a version, you give them another version that's closer and then you give them a version that's got a little bit of it in and mostly is still what you wrote. And so long as they see that one little bright, shiny object, they'll be like, oh, this is so much better.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. That, that's a, that, that is great advice. And that advice corner brought to you by Grampoline, the goose down trampoline for retirees. Easy does it with Grampoline. And Pearls Before Swine, the black tie all pork restaurant. Hey, this is a big one, Cliff Dorfman. Now it's time for the fiery four. The fiery four. Cliff these are actual sports takes, hotter than that one-year-old with his own YouTube cooking show. Ah, that guy get a million in it anyway. Fire number one. Will we see crowds in football stadiums this fall? The NFL says they're going to pull it off. I say they're daydreaming worse than a pothead on Ambien. What do you think? Are we going to see actual full stadiums? I
1: think we are. I don't think it's going to be in the timeline. Look, we're seeing it now. Everyone's out. People are, you go to Arizona, they're like, what quarantine? So I think within six months, you know, a year, that's what we're going to see. We're not seeing it right away. I don't think so. But NASCAR is back, isn't it? NASCAR is back, but no fans. That is that is what I think we're going to see. Isn't that what Dana White did, aside from the one that's coming up in the hot air balloon? Didn't he do that? No fans. Everyone loved it last one. Yeah, Absolutely and even insane.
0: then, in the hot air balloon, you can only get about three or four people in there. Fire number two. Speaking of NASCAR, NASCAR, the first sport back with full action. They may not have uh, live crowds in the stand, but they got full racing action. Can NASCAR get some nationwide traction off of this and become a little bigger sport they're always kind of the stepchild of the major sports even though they're huge in certain areas of this country and not just down south in in certain in more rural areas of this country nascar is massive but they they want to keep growing and growing the brand will this give them any traction well
1: you know I followed around a top 10 driver for about a month. I thought there might be a, like a half hour show in it. Uh, I I didn't end up thinking there was, but what I did see is that uh, NASCAR is, uh, you know, you run two questions, Chet. First of all, how much bigger can NASCAR get? I don't know if their licensing deals can get any bigger. Um, True. You know, but that being said, are they going to get traction with uh, the States that they're missing? You know, it's a lot of left turns, man. And, if they would actually profile the drivers more, because these drivers are fucking nuts. That, yeah, they're crazy. Yeah, that would get some traction. Like if you tell these drivers, first of all, they all soup up their, go- their golf carts. They live in these RVs. So like one driver, I forget which one, might've been Kyle Bush. He had the woman who designed the interior designer of the W uh, designed the his RV. Chain. Yeah. Yeah, designed his RV. Wow. And then they do like pimp your ride or overhauling for their golf carts. And then they all bet and race each other to the track on their golf carts to see who's souped up golf cart goes faster. Start showing that shit and then show the races like you do with 24 seven with the boxing. And now NASCAR has a, uh, a traction hold in.
0: Right, right. So get into the personality and the emotion of it. I like that fire. Number three, you're in the NBA. You want to play in Vegas or Disney world? Vegas. Yeah. But well, although let me say this Vegas sounds like fun until you realize the escort you hired. Has to stay six feet from you, uh, and, and Disney World though that uh, you might be right. Disney World could be like some weird uh, Groundhog Day with that. It's a small world, music just cranking in your ear twenty four seven.
1: Vegas is Disney World for uh, adults, so I'm I'm Vegas
0: all Vegas day twenty four seven. Yeah, you sound like it. And finally, fire <laughs> number four: the only real punishment the Houston Astros were going to get. Is was being soundly booed all season long. And now half that's gone. Most of it's gone because they're going to be playing mostly at home. What can fans do to still punish the Houston Astros? <laughs> start going to all their games. <laughs> start going. Just start going. And, and yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I got a, I got an idea. Uh, maybe this zero votes uh, for the All-Star game. <laughs> Nobody vote for an Astro of any sort. <laughs> so they, that's genius. I love that. <laughs> no vote tally. And the Astros still zero. That fiery four <laughs> brought to you by nothing in commune, the commune for total strangers. It's in Oregon. And of course, sporty snips. Your one stop for sports, booze and a haircut. Everything winds up a buzz cut at sporty snips now cliff Dorfman uh you what a killer writer podcast host everything uh you may have a a pop quiz for me is that right i have i i do i have a few pop quiz uh questions well we you. got it we got a theme song for this hang on let's do it pop pop <laughs> quiz that's a i did that live version there
1: oh that was that, that was fantastic is that it I kind of want to yeah, no, know. That's it. Uh, there's an,
0: <laughs> uh, normally I have an orchestra, but they couldn't make it, make it over.
1: They're to right. Them. They're all social distancing. All right. So first question. I, I, I figured I'll base it in some kind of sports. How many dimples are on a golf ball? Uh, one hundred seventy-two. Huh, you know you're wrong, but you're not. You know, three hundred thirty-six is the. But correct. it was confident.
0: It was, it was confident. confident. Wrong. I just spit it out. <laughs> all right. I'm zero and one. Damn it. Let's see if I can get this next one. Okay. So the Flintstones were the first
1: primetime couple who were shown what together?
0: In bed together.
1: Oh, that's brilliant. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, in bed together. That is the correct answer.
0: And uh, to quote the late great Rich Jenny, that uh that woman had uh she had a nice caboose. <laughs> My favorite Rich Jetty joke. Okay. Oh, look at this. I'm and one Here's the rubber question in pop quiz. Can I take this one for my 12th victory out of 200 attempts? All right. We ready for question number three? I'm ready. Here we go.
1: The blood of a lobster is what color? Blue.
0: Oh, he's two for three. Two for three. Wow. You know what? I got to try this confidence thing more often because I didn't really know either of those last two answers. I just said, just blurt out what comes to you. That's good. Wow. I won. I, that's my 12th victory uh, versus 153 losses and three ties, which is very tough to do on a three-question quiz. But you have to agree with the other person. You're splitting a question down the middle. That uh, that pop quiz brought to you by, oh, you'll like this because you're a Vegas and Nevada fan uh cliff dorfman that pop quiz brought to you by pinocchio's nevada's only all puppet brothel open during the pandemic my guest today the amazing cliff dorfman follow cliff on twitter at cliff dorfman catches podcast the cliff dorfman staying at home what's the name of it oh no we have stuck at home with cliff and jason yes and that's right here on StarburnsAudio.com. Just look up StarburnsAudio.com and take you right to it. Cliff, thank you so much for coming on. What a blast. And uh, what a what a what a great story. Yeah. Impersonating. <laughs> hey, <laughs>
1: listen, <laughs> Chad, you're an amazing interviewer. Thank you for having me. You got shit out of me I've never talked about this. Has been a blast. Really appreciate it, buddy.
0: Hey, my pleasure. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse. Follow my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario. His album's out too uh, soon in June. Uh, soon in June. Look at that. I'm rhyming. I'm doing everything now. <laughs> what Was I Thinking is the name of the album. That'll be out in June. Thanks to all of you for listening. Support my sponsor and my new uh, uh, my new host, StarburnsAudio.com. If you want more of me this weekend, I'll be in remote broadcast booth in Seance, Oregon, Calling the Ouija Board Championships, our leader in the clubhouse, Dahlia Furch from Rapid City, South Dakota. She contacted Napoleon, who confessed, yes, I was a little pissed about the short thing. So what? This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with
1: pay. Yes, thank you, Chet.